Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. For this edition of the podcast, host Bill Hodges sits down with United States Air Force retired Lieutenant General Brian Kelly, President of the Military Officers Association of America. During September and October, Bill will be talking with the leaders of the various veterans organizations. First up is General Brian Kelly who begins his second year at the reins of this powerful military organization. Bill and General Kelly discuss the General's thoughts on the past year and his views on the upcoming year at MOAA. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And I have one of my favorite guests on. We had him on when he just started, and he was green to the position, but that didn't mean he was green to the military. Lieutenant General, retired from U.S. Air Force, Brian Kelly, President of the Military Officers Association of America. Welcome to Veterans Corner Radio. Well, thanks, Bill, and thanks for having me back. It's great to talk with you again. I I am so excited to have you back because before you were just getting into the position, and now you've had just about a year to settle into it and have a view to the future. Would you give us an overview of what MOAA or Military Officers Association of America is? Yeah, Bill, you know, so the Military Officers Association of America is an association, a members association. We have about 360,000 members who are either currently serving, former serving, or retired officers of any of the eight uniformed services. Uh, And though it's an association of officers, what we like to say, it's not an association about officers. Um, What MOAA, what MOA really Uh, stands for is and recognizes the ability to take care of all those in the military community. Just like when uh, we were serving or currently serving as an officer, you took care of everybody in your ranks, MOA does the same. Uh, And so MOA's main mission is to preserve and protect the earned benefits, what we think are the earned benefits uh, that come along with military service for, for those members, our retirees, our veterans, their families, surviving spouses, and the whole group of the military community. We have a really great chapter here in Sun City Center, Florida, just a little bit outside of Tampa. Great group of people. Meetings are quite large. Uh, Eunice, our commander, has done a great job. And about three years ago, I had two of the people show up at my door and say, we'd like to have you be a member of the chapter. And I said, wait, wait, (laughs) my three stripes aren't going to get me there. And they said, no, we have voted and we're asking you to come and be an associate member with us and be part of the chapter. And we've only done that 25, let's see, six times in 25 years. So I jumped at it. So I am kind of, I thought maybe they just needed somebody to get coffee, but no, <laughs> they've, they've given me a good membership as an enlisted man. So 
What do you do for enlisted people? Yeah, no, that's great, Bill. And I'm glad they recognized and did, did that. As I said, even though we're an association of officers, we're not an association about officers. And what I mean by that is the advocacy work that we do is really focused on the entire military community. And more often than not, uh, the work that we do has a greater impact and a more direct and purposeful uh, direct impact on our, our young enlisted and our enlisted families. So when we're working on things like housing for our military or on uh, maintaining medical benefits or maintaining our veterans benefits through things like the PACT Act, all of those things tend to have, and purposely so, have a greater impact on our enlisted communities and uh, our enlisted members. In addition to that, um, we have a number of philanthropic programs that we do that specifically help out that entire military community. So uh, we give out scholarships to military children, recognizing that you know being a child in a military family is hard, right? You move around all the oh, time. Yeah. You, you, you got to leave, leave your friends, make new friends. You sometimes... Uh, get into uh, your last year of high school and you're at a new high school. So we know that competing for scholarships and getting educational money is difficult for military children. And so we have that military scholarship, the scholarship that MOA does, that's available for everybody, not just officers, kids, but for everybody. Uh, and we give out uh, quite a few of those to enlisted members as well. So so really, we're, we're an organization of officers, but we're an organization of officers that are focused uh, on taking care of everybody with a specific focus on taking care of the enlisted community. What have you found to be your biggest challenge in the first year that you've been in that position? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, if you watch TV and see what's going on, Bill, we our, our country is, is is pretty divided at times, right? <laughs> we have these we have these social issues that are out there that that uh, you know, um, you know, people people just are visceral about on either side of of the the um, issue. Uh, it's no different within MOA when we go over to deal with the Congress or when we have our members um, you know, we find there, there are strong opinions on both sides and strong and valid opinions on both sides. So MOA's goal and what we try to do is um, find the common ground. The common ground really is about um, preserving and protecting those benefits and about taking care of the military families. And so, um, you know, we find on, on both sides of the aisle, uh, Republican and Democratic, when we stay focused on how do you take care of uh, the quality of life for those military families and for those military folks who are serving and our veterans, uh, you find common ground. When you get out on the fringes and get into the social issues, uh, you know, it becomes more difficult. And so MOA believes that our all-volunteer force is a force based on standards, right? It's, it's our national defense. And so those who've raised their hand have to meet certain standards. But once you meet those standards, and we don't ever want to see those standards lowered, but once you meet those standards and you're serving, um, we ought to take care of everybody who's volunteered and everybody who serves. And so MOA tries to stay in the middle, get, get away from those social issues, but that's certainly a challenge on a daily basis, and it makes our job a little bit harder. I can imagine walking that thin line is a really difficult thing. It can be, for sure. And MOA is really, really probably one of the biggest and strongest when it comes to having people go up there and talk to people on the Hill, correct? Yeah. you know, We're one of the largest uh, military service organizations and veteran service organizations. We have uh, you know, 12 to 13 full-time registered lobbyists, folks that we have to, you know, register and account for uh, because they spend the majority of their time up there on Capitol Hill talking to all the committees and all the staff and all the members of Congress about the key issues of taking care of our military community, those serving our veterans, uh, and making sure that they hear from us and, and that we offer our ideas and our input from our members uh, about what we think is important to maintain that community and the all-volunteer force. You know, it's interesting to me that you are right there in the forefront. Failure has is an orphan. 
And success, of course, has a thousand fathers. But the, the PAC Act was something that I guess, at least from what I'm seeing, is that MOAA had a big hand in. Yeah, you know, it, it was definitely a team effort among uh, military service organizations and veteran service organizations. And there was persistence over a number of years. Uh, but I would say where MOAA, where MOA can really uh, shine and where we did shine in the PACT Act is our ability to be organized and have uh, our communications arms and our marketing arms and our ability to bring folks together, I think was really uh, part of the success story for the PACT Act. You know, we certainly share credit with all the other organizations who are there, uh, but MOA definitely played a big role. What do you see for the future? What are the things coming up? Maybe I don't quite understand the PAC Act. I mean, I do understand what's in it, but I understand that there's some funding issues with it. Yeah, you know, so the PAC Act really helped the Veterans Administration make these conditions presumptive so that if you were exposed to toxins, you know, whether it was Vietnam and Agent Orange or exposed to burn pits during Desert Storm or uh, Desert Shield or Rocky Freedom, any of those uh, recent, more recent conflicts that we had, these become presumptive conditions, meaning you don't have to do a lot to prove uh, that they're connected. If you show that you were in those areas and your service was there when these things were going on, it makes it a lot easier for the Veterans Administration to uh, bring that to the forefront. One of the toughest things in getting that bill passed was, of course, there are lots of lots of applications. And I think the Veterans Administration is up over 700,000 successful applications that have gone in. And I think they're approving them about an 83% rate uh, right now in, in terms of what they're doing. So with all that success, they still think there's lots more people out there. And what the concern, I think, is, is that as the n- number of applications come in over the next couple of years and they continue to reach people and find, find these people, the funding uh, may not be there. So the funding that's there for the next you know, two or three years, we really need to sustain for five, six, seven, eight years so that the Veterans Administration can continue to do the job they're doing. Secretary McDonough is hiring lots of folks uh, to be responsive to the PACT Act, for instance. I think 153 days is what they're averaging built it from when you apply to when you get your your answer and get your your uh, you know um, payout for the packet. That's that's incredible for the VA. It used to be you know over over a year, 14 months, right? And then so they've done a really good job of responding to the PACT. But the funding that they need to continue to do that, particularly if applications surge or we get more applications in the coming years, is going to be really important. I know Secretary McDonough. And all of us at Mo and ever all the other veterans organizations are concerned to making sure that funding stays in place. I have to admit that Secretary McDonough is one of my heroes. I have watched that man operate. I've watched what's happened within the VA in the time period that he's been in charge. And it's an entirely different organization. Yeah, I would say I've, I've had the honor and privilege to uh, be in the room with him a few times. He has a breakfast that he has with a few of us at the military and veterans organization's uh, once a quarter. Uh, and he says something that's really uh, just inspiring to me, Bill. He says, uh, at the VA, if we're doing something that's good for veterans, then I'm for it. If we're doing something that's not good for veterans, I'm not for it. Uh, and I think that's the way he operates on a daily basis. And he has a really tough job. I'm not saying everything uh, they do at VA, MOA thinks is 100% great. There's always room for improvement. But, but I certainly uh, think that we here at MOA and me personally are fans of Secretary McDonough. Now that we have the PAC Act, and that's probably the best piece of legislation in 50 years. Where are we going from here? Well, I think, you know, one of MOA's concerns is, is um, the sustainability and the viability of the all-volunteer force. You've probably seen out in the, the news, Bill, that, uh, you know, recruiting challenges have mounted. Uh, you know, the Army didn't make their recruiting goal last year. This year, the Army, uh, the Air Force, and the Navy already announced that they're going to have recruiting troubles this year. It's really only our Marines 
uh, and the very small new space force that are able to make their recruiting goals. When MOA looks at that, we think of that really as about the entirety of service, not only those who are currently serving, but those who have served. And the way we take care of those folks, the quality of life that they have while they're serving, the quality of life they have after they're serving, things like the PACT Act, you know, how we take care of veterans really matters in terms of one of those influencers, that group of people that, you know, you get to have lunch with and, and, and get to, to hang out with in your chapter. What do they say to the next group of people who are going to serve? What do those influencers tell them? You know, 18, 19 year old, 20 year old kids don't don't always care about pay. They don't always care about retirement or health care. They don't think about those those things. Um, but veterans who've served and have influence do. And so they'll talk about that. So MOA thinks it's really important for us to make sure pay, medical benefits, retirement, uh, things like the PACT Act are in place and are taken care of so that influencers like you and me will tell that next 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid about our good stories, about the benefits of military service and why it's important and why it's good for them to join. I won't start with my story on my granddaughter. I've already bored you with that when we're off the air. But I am really proud of what she accomplished with the military. Yeah, I mean, any anytime you can find you know, somebody to give that story to, because unfortunately, as we all see, there are, are far uh, too many negative stories and it's easy, you know, for the press, it makes, makes sells newspapers, if you will, uh, to talk about the negative things, injuries, you know, uh, in combat, uh, challenges with suicide, all those kind of things that happen uh, in the military. And they're all, all definitely challenges and they're all sad things and, and we need to get rid of those things. But uh, there are so many great positive stories of training and education uh, and pay and, and giving somebody a chance to really put their life forward and uh, serve in the military and then, and then boost themselves back into society um, that just don't get told enough. And so, uh, you know, MOAA, MOA, we want to tell those stories. We want other veterans to tell those stories and tell the positive aspects of military service. Well, we've got about two minutes left. I know I haven't asked you all the things you'd like me to ask. Is there one last thing that two minutes will take care of? Yeah, Bill, you know, thanks for that. I would say, um, all the work that happens, like that work with the PACT Act and everything else we talked about, comes about because we have a voice and a loud voice. And so, you know, people sometimes uh, think somebody else is going to be that voice and, and don't join. And so I would just encourage everybody who's eligible and everybody who has a stake um, to think about, you know, membership in, in MOA. And you can get to us at moaa.org uh, on our website, moaa.org, or you can call into our service center at 703 703- 8388111 and and just uh, you know lend your lend your support lend your voice and become a member of MOA uh, and make sure that we have a strong voice for the next thing that comes the next thing that what comes after the pact act or the next thing that comes to is a challenge uh, to making sure we can sustain that all volunteer force you know i would add to that join something if you're not eligible for MOA then look at the VFW. If you're not eligible there, join the American Legion, uh, DAV. All of them are doing a great job, it, but it's a place for us to go and be part of a tribe. Absolutely. And and uh, everybody's voice matters. Uh, the, the more voices that we can get to go over and talk to our elected leaders, uh, the better chance we have of making sure we can sustain the, the things that we want to sustain. Lieutenant General, retired U.S. Air Force, Brian Kelly, President of the Military Officers, Association of America. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Bill, and I appreciate it all. And please give Kristen my best. She Will was do. very great in helping me get this set up. And I know there were some hitches that she had to work through with your travel and everything. So great staff up there in Washington. 
Thanks so much, Bill. We appreciate it. Remember, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you very soon again on Veterans Corner Radio. And again, General, thank you so much for being with us on the show. You bet, Bill. Thank you. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.